Welcome to The Curious Leader, a podcast exploring the humble and human way of new leadership. Curious leadership, future skills farming and new leadership all have one thing in common. It's a humble way with great impact. Creating a culture, creating your culture, means cultivating people, teams and communication along with adapting frameworks and principles how to work together. The Curious Leaders podcast takes you on to meaningful conversations. My guests and I will reflect and exchange on new leadership, the importance of trust, courage and curiosity on future skills farming as well, such as developing the art of listening and how to create a culture for creativity and innovation, how to deal with conflict, with misunderstandings, with different human needs. My name is Carola Zakotnik. I'm a keynote speaker, facilitator, coach, trainer, and also author and performing artist. I work with leaders of all areas to improve their impact, supporting them in creating new cultures and new leadership styles. And you can find more on Curious Leadership and myself on carolazakotnik.com. Now let's start with today's guest, John Island. He's a consultant, trainer, and coach, works with leaders of all areas. He's originally English, and together we do some work on attitude. He is an organizational psychologist coming from psychological aspects, what attitude does to us, how important it is to have a mindfulness practice in everyday leadership. And my part there coming from the performing arts is how to express emotions physically with your body and which kind of impact that has but now let's welcome john and yeah let's talk to john what he says about curious leadership leadership is something you need to cultivate same with why trust such a big word how do you grow trust does that also grow trust? No. A field of trust? How do you no. how do you grow trust? Because it's something that yeah. also has to be cultivated. It's not just yeah. there. I mean I think there's there's two things around trust. I think one is growing it and establishing it and the other is maintaining it. Um, and I think that we particularly in, in, in business talk about, you know, is establishing trust. Um, and I think it's the role of teams and leaders to actually maintain it. Um, I think what's nice with trust is, you know, again, it, we all bring our own biography around trust. You know, if I've, I've grown up in an environment where I, d I don't know what trust is, you know, um, it's really tough later on to, to learn it. Hmm? Um, and some people have had good experiences and some people bad experiences. And there's some reflection in that. What do I need? And I think it's important in a, a team, in a culture, um, to, to talk about that openly. You know, is, um, you know, I mean, in simple terms, on me, some people, <coughs> you know, sort of give trust, but if it's taken away, it's really tough to get it back. And others grow it very, very slowly, but it's there forever, you know. 
bit black and white again, but so I think it's a very, very individual thing. The value of trust is, you know, things happen quicker. You know, things are more open. Um, and I think there's a, a word here which, which we haven't in the conversation up till now around culture um, is this topic of openness and vulnerability. Um, and this is a very personal um, thing, but the in sport as well as in business, um, you know, it, it, it's been proven that, you know, where is that culture of vulnerability and openness, um, then uh, the quality of teamwork is exponentially better. Better, sorry. So um, I think that part of, of, of trust, of building it, maintaining it, is um, developing a culture of emotional security where people can talk openly um, and um, and um, yeah, and build and develop it. And again, one topic for me around this is. Um, what, what, what I find a bit sad is we talk so often around where there is not trust, right? <laughs> and um, this always, you know, gets the focus. But I also think it's important to look and see, you know, where there is trust and why there's trust there. Um, and um, acknowledge that it is there. Um, celebrate it, you know, and work with it. Um, there's a very good example, a, a guy I quite like, Simon Sinek. Um, he um, did some work with the um, US, the uh, Navy SEALs. And he's got a lovely presentation on this. And the conclusion is, you know, that the SEALs would choose somebody they can trust and not necessarily the best at the job, right? So they would... Um, they would... Um, you know, accept a, a lower skill level if the trust was there, right? Um, and I, I think that speaks volumes um, about the, you know, the role of trust. Yeah. And I say, I think in business, in sport, um, take the business context, um, if there's trust and openness there, um, then um, you you just get things done more quickly. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you talk about openness and vulnerability. I when when I talk about trust, is I always it's again the thing when emotions, feelings, and thinking are connected. Mm-hmm. So you have all you have the allowance to live all of that, mm-hmm. and an organizational culture will kind of lead to success when 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 this culture allows to have instinct, intuition, and intelligence mm-hmm. as. A unity, you mm-hmm. know, to be lived mm-hmm. as a unity. So it's not only about Excel sheets and and um, evaluations on number based on numbers, mm-hmm. but it's also about what do I feel with that, mm-hmm. what do I experience with it, what do mm-hmm. I take out, which is actually what you say, openness and vulnerability, mm-hmm. and it's so crucial for us, no? Indeed, it is. Leadership, growing trust, growing confidence. Do organizations live that? John says, yes, his experience is that we're making 
big progress here. Yeah, but I think, you know, we're making massive progress on these topics. Um, the organizations I work with, you know, um, are acknowledging the, the need and the value of this. I think we're getting a younger generation now coming through, um, I call it the emotional revolution, you know, where it's okay to talk about um, these topics openly. You know, I, I look at, um, um, as I say, in, uh, if I take um, in, in, in sport, uh, if I take rugby in the UK, you have a number of players. There's a great campaign which was developed, which was called Lift the Weight in Rugby. And this was about, um, you know, people being able to talk openly about their emotional problems, you know, given the pressures that they're in. And, you know, these, these people in professional sport are under immense pressure. Um, and I just think that it's, it's fantastic, um, the way, you know, this is talked openly about. Um, so it, you know, it, you see, or maybe from the perspective of, of young people, you know, they're sporting heroes. Um, but when these conversations are, uh, in the media and interviews, you know, people are aware of, you know, there are, there are two sides to it. And that's the reality. I think it's always been there. We've just not talked about it. Mm. Um, and, you know, again, um, uh, you know, what, what it does is, you know, it, it, it improves teamwork, you know. Mm. Um, and if you talk about the reality of where you are, then you can find a fitting way forward. But if you're denying the fact that you're afraid of this game, then um, you're not going to have a good game. But if you can talk about it beforehand and somebody can help you through that, then the chances are you can put that to one side and get on with the game. Um, and I think that's exactly the same in business. I imagine somebody going for a, you know, a, to do a big presentation, whether it be a client or within the company, and if they could have somebody just to talk about how they were feeling beforehand in order to be able to get themselves well set up and prepared. Um, be brilliant. Yeah. Nice. I mean, what, what I hear also is, on one hand, is being aware of emotions or feelings and being able to speak about it creates effectiveness, thus then resulting in efficiency also, but also creates healthier people. means yeah, also it's a very sustainable... Absolutely. Uh, money saving it's a, it's Absolutely. a very very cheap way of of fostering high performance Absolutely. and a very human yeah. I mean I think we I mean we all I do anyway get up because I want to perform yeah you know, I love it I've always enjoyed it um, I get a lot of fulfillment out of it I get a lot of satisfaction I get a motivation out of it it's brilliant um, I think the topic is um, taking care of the costs of performance. Um, I think this is where sport is much better um, with recovery, regeneration. Um, but we come back to culture again, you know, is that we have a culture within a team, within an organisation. You know, we talk about the costs of performance and how we can, as a, you know, a unit, as a team, you know, is, is how we can take care of each other. Um, I think it's, you know, the most normal thing in the world. Um, but it's important that it's 
a part of the the team culture. Yeah, and it is like you said, the most normal thing in the world, and it's the most cost-effective thing in the world. Also, yeah. I think this is some yeah. where this trans this um, equation is not known. I think it's known. I just don't think that people realize the value of it. Mm. I don't think which I implied. We said it's not known. Yeah. It's not. It's not conscience or yeah. I mean, it's the topic. I think here when we're talking about this in terms of um, of leadership, you know, how much time do leaders and organisations take and invest in these topics? You use the word sustainability, and I'm one hundred percent with you. There is, um, you know, I mean, let's take an example. You know, if you you're running a marathon, you're going to run forty two k. You've got a start and a finish, right? So you prepare for the start, and when you get to the finish, then you take care of your regeneration, your recovery. In life, you know, we've got birth and death, right? That's the start line, and that's the finish line, right? So as humans, and this is where I think it's one of the great things out of the pandemic, we actually need to learn to take care of ourselves, yeah. right? Um, to realise I'm a priority in my life. Yeah, um, to realize, you know, there are some days I'm good and some days I'm not so good, right? Um, that I acknowledge when I'm tired or I'm not thinking or whatever, that's the time to, to take a bit of a time out to do something about it. Um, and, um, you know, I think these are the conversations that need to be going on in teams, you know, where we've got leaders on the one side is, you know, driven for performance. Great, you know, that's it, fabulous. Um, but also take time for for the for these, you know, mental, emotional, physical health topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I say, if we, you know, if, if, you know, if we've got trust and we're doing things more quickly, you know, we'll, we'll have those chats quicker. You know, it'll be easier then, you know, we won't be looking for time will have it because we're more efficient, we're more effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That outlook to have more time and feel better, isn't it worth giving it a try? <laughs> thank you, John, for this interview. A very, very big thank you. And uh, if I ask you to sum up what, the, what are the most important skills a good leader needs. How would you put that? Um, so I think there's a skill here, um, or you know, for for leaders. I think for us all, but you know, for leaders, is is asking the good questions. You know, activating the conversation. We all listen. You know, we contribute. We see what we've got and then we decide if we look at the purpose of where we want to go, you know, which one fits best. Time for some music. Listen to Smile, sung by me, Carolina Zakonik. Smile, though your heart is breaking, smile. Even though it's aching When there are clouds In the sky You'll get by Smile 
through your fear and sorrow. Smile. Maybe tomorrow you see the sun comes shining through for you. Light up your face with gladness. Hide every trace of sadness. Although a tear may be ever so near, that's the time you must keep on trying. Smile. What's the use of crying? You see, the life is still worthwhile if you smile. Yeah, and that was it for today. This was John's last turn. And next week we will meet Horst Michael Schaffer. He's a director, arranger, composer, and he's leading a big band and seeing how leadership with experts on a, on a musical quite high level works. See you next week. Curious Leadership. Please think of subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss out on any episode. You can do that on carolazakotnik.com or, of course, on any of your favorite platforms for podcasts. Hear you next week. Yours, Carola. <laughs>